From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. This is WIA News for week commencing June 5th, 2011, the second broadcast of the new WIA year, 2011-2012. And George Taylor Medal presented to Jim Linton, VK3PC. RD Contest, Change of Time, Lawrence Hargrave Awards, and the WIA President Speaks of the Darwin AGM. These stories and more in this edition of News from the Wireless Institute of Australia for week commencing June the 5th. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au. In VK3, the town of Rosanna, Steve Warrilow, VK3SN, has just had a great article featuring amateur radio and himself in the local paper. And I quote from some of that story. For more, I suggest you go to heidelbergleader.com. VK3SN has battled the wilderness, bleak weather conditions and technical obstacles for his hobby. Just recently, Mr Warrilow and his brother Gerard headed to a secret spot in the Victorian Alps to contest the Wireless Institute of Australia's John Moyle Field Day Tournament, the holy grail for thousands of ham radio operators. VK3SN doesn't want to give the location away, but did admit to the newspaper it was above 1,700 metres. We sat through rain, mist and sunshine, he said. We had our camp set up with the radio antennas and solar panels because you can't take generators into a national park. Bragging rights aside, these amateur radio operators would be the lifeline for survivors of a disaster, the Heidelberg Leader newspaper said. You need people with the skills to set up independent communication without using satellites, the internet and telephones. This story was also picked up by an ABC station in Melbourne and an interview conducted by Richard Stubbs was made. How far can you send your signal? Uh, Well, it depends on which band, but easily all around the world. That's actually not all that difficult if you know what you're doing. Uh, But, for example, on on the higher bands, which are up around the microwave end Mm. of the spectrum, a bit like your Wi-Fi, a bit like using your Wi-Fi gear to try and talk over 300 kilometres rather than just over the distance Mm. that you'd have in your house. And the question, of course, sits there. uh, You can talk around the world, but who's picking up the phone? Who answers around the world? There's about 3 million licensed amateurs all over the world. Mm. And uh, if, uh, you know, we we love communicating. So uh, there's always someone out there and an amateur will find a way to get through. This is the Wireless Institute of Australia and the National News Service. It's hams across Australia. We go to VK1, 2, 4, 7 and 5. Next Wednesday, June 8, Rakesh Panwar from the Ionospheric Prediction Service will be in Canberra to give presentations on solar weather and an HF propagation training course. Rakesh has kindly agreed to give a presentation that evening to interested hams on pretty much anything to do with the IPS. The Canberra Region Amateur Radio Club Rooms will be open from 7.30pm with the presentation starting at 8. Now, Carl VK1KCM would appreciate it if you would send an email to his private email address if you plan to attend. Next weekend on the VK2 Mid-North Coast will be the annual Oxley Region Field Day at Port Macquarie. The Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club is celebrating their 40th birthday and invites you to attend on Saturday and Sunday at the Tacking Point Surf Club Hall in Matthews Flinders Drive, Lighthouse Beach. There will be a dinner at the Tacking Point Golf Club Saturday night and there will be fox hunts both days and the traders on Sunday. 
For a field day program, go to orarc.org. In VK4, track members Gary VK4FD and Jeff VK4BOF have spent a week at the Andara Volcanic National Park, activating the park for the World Flora and Fauna 44. WFF44 is an international award program with stations setting up and transmitting from national parks worldwide in support of the environment. VK7 and NTARC June 8 a presentation on Tamar Sea Rescue with Mark VK7 Fox Mike Whiskey Tango and Joe VK7 Zulu Juliet Alpha. That'll be at the Allenvale Skills Institute at 7.30pm and reached on June 8, on the 15th, the 22nd and the 29th, those four nights, it's DATV, Digital Amateur TV Experimenters Night. It starts at 7.30pm in the Queen's Domain Club Rooms. Now to VK5. Hello, this is Charles on behalf of the South East Radio Group. You may not be aware that the buy and sell part of the surge convention is for one day this year, but the fox hunting, as usual, will be for two days. We're having the convention at the Market Street Scout Hall. The hall is located just behind the Mount Gambier Police Station. The hall opens on Sunday the 12th of June at 10am. The doors will close at 2pm, so you only have four hours to grab a bargain. Ross from Strictly Ham will be there, as well as lots of second-hand goodies. Bring over your homebrew and enter it in our homebrew contest. It even has a section for foundation licences. The Australian Fox Hunting Championships will start on Saturday at 11am at the Lakes, and we do have a great one for you this year. The fox hunting will go over two days, and we promise this year will be one to remember. Check out the Surge website for more details. So if you're doing nothing on the June long weekend, why not come to Mount Gambia and do some fox hunting? Hope Across to see you Australia there. from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the top end, it can be heard on repeater 6900, and on HF on 3.555, 7.050, and 10.1. 30 megahertz at 9am local time. I'm Spud VK8ZWM. The Wireless Institute of Australia paves the way for new amateurs to our bands. I'm Jason VK2LAW with Education, Youth and Advancement of Amateur Radio. Congratulations go out to Paul VK4PRO of Alice River who recently successfully completed all elements of the standard licence assessment via the WIA exam service in Townsville and has just been issued his brand new call sign by the ACMA. Look out for Paul on the HF bands real soon now. The SARL is planning various events to celebrate South African Youth Day 16th of June, including a discussion with young radio amateurs still at school about how they became involved in amateur radio and how it's benefited them. Youth in Amateur Radio will be transmitted on June 16th at 09.30 and will also be available for download. Now to international news and Ham Radio responds to Joplin Tornado. Ham radio operators are a part of severe weather spotting as well as being involved in relief efforts as tornadoes continue to ravage the south. We have the latest in this report from our friends at Amateur Radio Newsline. Actually, four days after the severe weather struck, very little is known about the role being played by radio amateurs in the south, especially in and around Joplin, Missouri. That's because they're far too busy saving lives and reporting damage to stop to make reports for the press. What we do know comes from published reports that quote Ron Kittleman, 
K0ADI. He says that hams have been stationed at the Springfield, Missouri office of the National Weather Service. Also, that amateurs from ARES have been providing communications between hospitals and assessment teams following the tornado that hit Joplin at approximately 6 p.m. local time on Sunday, May 22nd. According to Kittleman, the storms knocked out all the cell phone and landline communications across the area. Radio amateurs from ARES started relaying messages and information between Freeman Hospital and the St. John's and Cox Medical Facilities in Springfield shortly after the storm hit. Another report says that Kansas and Western Missouri Saturn teams from the Salvation Army have been activated for the Joplin tornado response. As we go to air, Saturn team members are reportedly assisting with communications in the affected area. Also, a Salvation Army Emergency Disaster Services team based out of Pittsburgh, Kansas, has been deployed to Joplin. Its job is to help carry out mass feedings of residents and first responders through a mobile feeding kitchen capable of serving thousands of meals a day. As we go to air, the situation across the storm-ravaged region remains a fluid one, with events literally changing by the minute. We should know more in coming days. From the newsroom in Los Angeles, I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF, reporting for the Amateur Radio Newsline. Dayton Hamvention 2011 is in the books, and for some, the highlights included an out-of-this-world experience in the visit of a NASA astronaut and the surprise guest appearance by one of the government's top communications regulators. Amateur Radio Newsline's Mark Abramovich, NT3V, has this report. My call sign here on Earth is uh, KF5BOC, but I've never used it. I call that my gravity call sign. And, uh, but my real call sign is NA1SS from the space station. And um, I'm sort of, I've sort of got this uh, emotional attachment to that now. And that's what NASA astronaut Doug Wheelock had to say during Saturday's Youth Forum at the Dayton Hamvention, one of several events he attended during the weekend celebration of global friendship, the theme of this year's gathering. Wheelock was invited to Hamvention to be part of the American Radio Relay League's Expo. But he spent a lot of time mingling and circulating throughout various areas of the Hamvention grounds and freely signed autographs and chatted with folks and packed a Saturday afternoon forum where he talked about life aboard the International Space Station. Wheelock says his time aboard the space station was anything but routine. It was last July 31st, only hours after a prearranged contact with K2BSA at the Boy Scouts of America Jamboree in Virginia that things got challenging. I had just shut down the treadmill, and about 10 minutes later, the, uh, the alarms went off. And, uh, and I looked, and I, I kept silencing the alarm, silencing the alarm. I picked up the mic. I said, Houston, are you there? And, and they weren't answering. And so then I looked, and all my crewmates were there. And they, they said, what did you do? I said, I just turned off the treadmill, I promise you. But uh, anyway, we had a pump module that failed. We ended up having to go outside and do uh, three spacewalks. And Wheelock says it was great to know there were people other than his crewmates and NASA engineers who he could talk to and decompress as they battled to fix the problem. As we came back in from those spacewalks, I got on the ham radio and we talked about it and everything. Using that radio and having you guys as an emergency contact for us around the globe was a warm, warm feeling for me as a commander aboard that space station. And Wheelock says he looked at ham radio aboard the ISS as a critical backup should all else fail. I thought, you know, I have these emergency contacts on every continent on that planet down there. And I thought if my communication goes out with mission control, I am not hesitating one bit to uh, call some of my friends and say, hey, 
Chris, could you uh, give uh, give Mission Control a jingle and tell them that we're okay? Wheelock says becoming a ham has been a life-changing experience. The friends that I made in the amateur radio uh, business and community, I now feel like a, a, just an entrenched uh, member of this community. Um, and I, it really, truly has changed my life for the better. Finally, Wheelock recalls crossing the line. He thought it was harmless when he did it, but his NASA ham radio instructor informed him after he did it that, well, let's have him tell the story of wishing a frequent friend over Europe by the name of Fabiano a happy birthday. I felt like I was kind of slapped on the wrist a little bit by NASA. And then I thought, you know what? And then I felt flattered that my singing of uh, happy birthday was actually considered music. So I was like, (laughs) Again, Wheelock truly was a hit, stopping to take pictures with nearly everyone who asked and signing program books and NASA photos. He'll also be appearing in an upcoming video the ARRL is producing. Those stories from the Average Radio Newsline. You're tuned to the WIA National News Service across Australia. I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF. Believe it or not, this story from our weird and wonderful file. Just who gives who the pips? In the UK last Tuesday, the time signal pips, which had heralded the top of the hour on BBC Radio since 1924, went missing in action. Announcers and listeners took to the new form of social media trying to locate the missing pips. Instead of the distinctive six beeps, the first five of which ring for a tenth of a second, the final one half a second, a dignified silence was observed. Listeners on the internet tweeted, The pips have died. This is as serious as the ravens fleeing the Tower of London. Another, My condolences to the friends and family of at BBC underscore GTS. I recommend five second silence. During the Cold War, it was believed the commander of British Polaris nuclear submarines were told to tune into Radio 4 every morning to ensure they could hear the radio station. If no Today program complete with pips was heard, they had to head to the open sea open their safe, then the instructions written from beyond the grave by the Prime Minister, and get ready to attack the enemy. John Paul Dunkley, a BBC broadcast engineer, was interviewed about the absence of the pips on BBC. He said, the box that creates the audio of the pips has died in the basement of Broadcasting House. The much sought after pips are generated thanks to an atomic clock in the basement. Luckily, Mr Dunkley said, The bongs that greet the start of the six o'clock and midnight news bulletins and are recorded from the Palace of Westminster's Big Ben were unaffected. That's much simpler technology, he added. Just think of the consequences if they lost their bongs. Or worse, if WWV were ever to lose their pips. WWV. All the time, all the time. Same time, same station. Every time, WWV. One, two, three, four. Every second counts at WWV. For a good time, call 555-4-WWV. WWV, for the time of your life. We'll be back with the time on WWV in just a minute. But first, here's another minute. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Still to come in this edition of news from the Wireless Institute of Australia, 
the wrap-up of the WIA AGM, and that'll be presented by our president, Michael Owen, VK3KI. So we'll move the social scene up just ahead of Felix. So before we cross to Ingham, here is the social scene for 2011. June 11 and 12 in VK2 is the Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club's annual field day. July 16 in VK3, the Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club Hamfest at the Cranbourne Community Hall at 10am. July 16 in VK4, the Murrabra Electronics and Radio Group's Wide Bay Hamfest at the West Scout Hall, Adriani Street in Murrabra at 8.30am. That's an early start. July 31 in VK23, Riverina Field Day, 10am at Lavington Scout Group Hall. Moving into August, August 7 in VK2, the Lismore Region's Sarkfest. September 11 in VK3, SADARC Comms Day at St Augustine's Hall at Shepparton, 10am. September 16 to 18, VK4 North Queensland Radio Convention Date in Townsville. September 23 to 28 is the Region 3 ARDF Championships being held in VK3. September 30 to October 2 in VK4, the Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club's AGM at Camp Fairburn. And November 20 in VK5, Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society's Hamfest, Goodwood Community Centre, Roses Street, Goodwood, at 9.30am. News, talk and radio sport, here with VK1 WIA. Operational news on Felix VK4FUQ. Special events and on-air contest column, Dateline 2011. The International Museums Weekend, an annual worldwide event, is being held over two weekends of 18, 19 June and 25, 26 June 2011. They welcome all individual amateurs, groups and clubs to work with their local museums to host their special events station. The museums taking part over the years have included ships, castles, air museums, Napoleonic forts, pumping stations, wireless museums, racing museums and many others. For the purposes of the event, the word museum is loosely interpreted. There really is no shortage of venues in which such an event can be staged, no matter where in the world you might live. Those clubs and museums which do decide to take part should use the free on-site registration facility. The registration is simply to assist in administration of the event and provide those taking part with an indication of how many and exactly where the museums taking part are located. If you require more information, contact Harry, M1BYT. August 20 and 21, Worldwide IWLW. TARC ready for the 2011 Lighthouse Lightship Weekend. The TARC Inc. plans to activate Cape Cleveland Light, IWLW, number AU0045, on 20 and 29 August as part of the International Lighthouse Lightship Weekend. It will be a great weekend full of relaxed operating with the challenge of deploying HF, VHF and UHF antennae in a remote environment and talking to stations at other lighthouses around Australia and the world. Travel to and from the site via the mighty barge Hercules. Pristine surroundings away from the hustle and bustle with a unique view of Townsville. Spot the whales, dugongs, sea turtles, dolphins, plus much more. Contact Steve, VK4SJW, to put your name on the list. Special event stations, DX and Beacon and NetAdvice. July. Hellenic Amateur Radio Association of Australia out to Lord Howell and VK9HR. 
24th July to 2nd of August 2011. In DX, the Intrepid DX Group and the DX Friends plan to evacuate the southern Sudan as a new country on or after July the 9th. At airtime, members of the two groups report that they are in consultation with representatives of the new southern Sudan government, the International Telecommunications Union and the International Amateur Radio Union working on making arrangements. Awards For the last 60 years, the Illawarra Amateur Radio Society has hosted the Lawrence Hargrave Awards. Access to the award is available to all amateur operator licensed classes. To be eligible to apply for an award, you need a confirmed contact with the club's official station VK2AMW. You are also eligible for the award by logging contacts with financial Illawarra Amateur Radio Society members. For a full list of the rules and to download an application form to claim your award, visit the Illawarra Amateur Radio Society website. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Inningham. Across Australia, from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News. In Ballarat, it can be heard on the VK3RWA repeater, 147.100, every Sunday at 11am. Now on WIA National News, let's have a look at the media scene and what's on the Q News workbench. Yes, you're invited to a technical seminar. The College of Information, Telecommunications and Electronic Engineering invites you to attend one of the presentations by its 2010 eminent speaker, Dr. Terry Stevenson, on the engineering leadership required in the development of complex systems. Terry is the Chief Technology Officer for Raytheon Australia. Now, the seminar is being held in South Townsville on Tuesday. That's this Tuesday, June the 7th, at 5.30pm. RSVP is required and a $10 charge for any non-members you'd like to bring. Now, you RSVP online and with all URLs and addresses, points of contact that we ever mention here on WIA National News, you'll be able to find that when you read the text edition of WIA National News and that, of course, is best read when you read the news page at wia.org.au. In Media Watch, Toby Corbett, VK3PNF, is a member of the Technical Committee of the Shepparton and District Amateur Radio Club and, along with Mike, VK8MA, has installed the automated software on IRLP Echolink Node 6992, which is linked to 2 metre repeat of VK3RGV Mount Wombat at a frequency of 146650. Now, what does this mean, and in particular mean for the good folk of Shepparton? Well, it means that this WIA National News will now air across that frequency and across that node, 6992 and 146650, Sunday nights at 7.30pm. Thanks to the Shepparton and District Amateur Radio Club members. Locally produced, nationally voiced, globally heard. We are VK1 WIA. Good morning. This is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's worldwide special interest group news. Just the one note in this week to the national news at wia.org.au email address for the special interest group segment. And it's from Townsville. ARDF, if you're in the vicinity of the Townsville region on Saturday, July the 2nd from 1pm and you want to get involved in a fox hunt, then Tony VK4TJS wants to hear from you. There will be activities for all family members to participate in during the fox hunt and things will end up with some in-flight catering. 
To cater for the event, Tony needs to know your attendance numbers. And you need to quiz Tony further regarding details about the fox hunt. And who do you have to call? Well, Tony, VK4TJS, of course. Well, that's all for this week for this very short special interest group news segment. I'm Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Thanks, Robert, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Before we go, we do have a great report coming in now from Michael Owen, VK3KI, of course, President of the Wireless Institute of Australia. And Michael has this report on last weekend's activities in Darwin at the WIA AGM and Conference. This is Michael Owen, VK3KI. The WIA Annual Conference took place last weekend in Darwin. The weekend was an outstanding success, thanks particularly to the dedicated band of helpers from the Darwin Amateur Radio Club, WIA manager Mal Brooks and the many others who contributed. It was laid back. It captured the atmosphere of the Territory. It all worked and was attended by amateurs from every state and territory other than Tasmania, but we even had one from New Zealand. Friday night was dinner at the Trader Boat Club, watching the sun set over Fanny Bay, an address by the Lord Mayor of Darwin, Graham Sawyer, who spoke of the top-end weather patterns and ecology and the depressing damage caused by the cane toad. While the partners toured Darwin, the statutory annual general meeting, followed by the presentation of a number of awards, followed by the open forum, took place on Saturday morning. Among the awards presented was the George Taylor Medal, presented to Jim Linton, VK3PC, recognising his great contribution last year to the centenary celebrations and leading and guiding the promotional aspects of this centenary year, as well as his incredibly many years of work for amateur radio in many fields. Because he could not be in Darwin, the award was presented using a Skype link. At the same time, Jeff Atkinson, VK3AFA, was presented with the Chris Jones Award. Details of all the awards, as well as other information from the Open Forum and the WIA Directors' Meeting on Monday morning, will be published on the WIA website and in AR. The Open Forum was a constructive discussion of many matters, including unanimous support for the RD contest to start around lunchtime. Saturday afternoon was devoted to a symposium led by David Donnelly, VK8DON, who described the role of bushlight in bringing renewable energy to the remote communities. 106 people sat down to a successful dinner on Saturday night with the highlights of Doug MacArthur, VK3UM, telling stories of radio and amateur radio in Old Darwin, and well-known singer and local amateur John Mitchell, VK8JM, providing memorable entertainment. 
Sunday saw a visit to Litchfield National Park, the magnetic termites, a visit to Florence Falls, a barbecue at Wangy Falls provided by members of the Darwin Amateur Radio Club, and evening saw the end of the conference with another sunset and a meal at the Mindle Beach Sunset Market. As I say, the weekend was a success. I think almost everyone there saw me and said how much they enjoyed the weekend it was, and how seamless it was, and how laid back it all was. The members of the Darwin Amateur Radio Club, its president Spud Murphy, its secretary Peter Blackadder, the drivers, the barbecue experts, those who looked after the drinks, the people who looked after the partners, even meeting everyone on arrival at Darwin Airport, made 2011 yet another memorable years. And now, put in your diary next year's annual conference, the weekend around the 26th of May 2012, in Mildura, Victoria, supported by the Sunraysia Radio Group. Yes, when we decided to hold a conference in Darwin, I was a little nervous. It is so far away, but I hope we could do something for amateur radio by going there. But the support of the many people attending, the support of the amateurs of Darwin made it certainly a weekend to remember. Thank you. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.